Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Dock House Rugby Show. Today we are joined by Keithley Cougars owners Ryan O'Neill and Cowie Garcia. Fresh from the latest meetings with the RFL and the IMG proposals set to re-image Rugby League. They give us an insight into what happens during one of these meetings and also reflect on their opinions and their thoughts of the outcome of the latest talks with the IMG. Keith and Dave talk all things rugby league on the Dockhouse Rugby Show with news, match reviews and special guests from the world of rugby league. Also available in audio format as the Dockhouse Rugby Pod. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Dockhouse Rugby Show. We're joined once again by Keithley Cougar Mania owners. It's Ryan O'Neill and Cowie Garcia. Guys, fresh back from the IMG meeting, uh, which has recently happened. Um, so let's just dive straight into it. But what we want to do is we want to put a slightly different spin on this because, you know, people out there know that these meetings go on. But what we don't often hear or see is... What actually goes on? What's it like? What's the process of of turning up at a meeting, and who's in the room, and what's the protocol? And are you allowed to speak? Do you have to put your hand up? Do you have a buzzer? Little name tags. Give us, give us the how, insider how good's the info. Coffee? Yeah, is it good quality coffee or cheap coffee? I didn't have that actually. So no, so on arrival, you get a bacon butty if you want, and um, and a cup of coffee. And the, the room is set up like a horse show. I don't know if people have seen photographs of it on. Um, on no, Twitter, whatever, so we, we we put put a photograph on. So it's a huge horseshoe table. Top of the table is obviously you've got the you've got IMG, then you've got the RFL, and then you've got sort of <clears throat> people connected with RL commercial and that kind of stuff. So the officials are on the top, and then the clubs sit um, on either side in alphabetical order. So um, one person could represent a club. So Cowie was our representative um, around that that um, horseshoe, and he was sat next to. Gary Hedrington uh, and Neil Hampshire from Hunslet. Um, now, the rest of us, so you're allowed to bring someone with you. So I went, obviously, with Cowie, and we had to sit behind the top table, behind the RFL, um, and I sat there with the uh, chairman of Swinton and Jason Hurst, who's the chief executive of Bulls, and then there were lots of other, like Adam Adam Pearson from Hall, so lots of other uh, directors and owners who weren't on the council table and, and we weren't allowed to speak so we were just there observing so um so you get your bacon butty and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and then it gets called to order and then Kelly has to get shuffle away and there's no communication so we had little whatsapp chats going constantly and Kelly's you know giving me the the lowdown and what he thinks of that person speaking and what's that rubbish he's talking and oh he's, he's making a good point and then I'd be you know, saying to Kerry, what the hell is all this about? And so we were constantly WhatsApping. Um, it felt a bit like UN, you know, resolution, security council, some type of, uh, you know, that, really? that, that, that empowerment. Very bureaucratic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the, that, you know. like the Imperial and Jedi Council. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very yeah. much so. Yeah. So um, Simon Johnson, the chairman of the RFL, obviously was, was hosting the meeting and he had his his microphone with a little button and then, you know, he'd call it to order and then he'd decide who would speak. And you had these uh, ladies from the RFL who were running around with the radio mics, giving it to whoever was called. Um, now, Cowie started, when he, the whole presentation happened, we got a presentation first from um, our, from Tony Sutton, chief exec of the, interim chief exec of the Rugby League. Um, and then we got a presentation from uh, Rodri, Rodri 
He's called Roderick Hammer's surname. He's the, he's the managing director of RL Commercial. So he updated us all on the commercial activities and what's happening with broadcasting talks and all the rest of it. And then it, it then it was the IMG presentation, which was done by Matt Dwyer from IMG. And it was quite a detailed presentation. And then it was open to the floor to ask questions. And um, Carrie was immediately... Funny enough, you know, obviously we had a, a, a previous meeting where these were kind of introduced, the concepts, the idea, and they were asked to vote. I, I, you know, at first I thought, hold on, this is strange. You're not revealing the criteria, you're not revealing the plan, but you're asking us to vote as clubs. And I was like, well, you don't you don't vote there, you know, Labour or, or the, the Conservative before you know who, who is, you know, who is going to be... Who's in the race? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like like a chicken and egg. You, you, you need to know what you're voting for, which I found strange. But what, what, it just allows what, 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 them. What are the policies? And you know, do do you agree with that? You know, yeah. In principle, this is what we would do. So if this gets approved, we will then do more consultation, and then we put the proposal forward. And you know, I, at the time, I was the only one who voted against quite vocally, and um, and, and I think they already knew that. So, you know, we went with open mind you know and 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 we wanted to 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 hear and we hoped for the the better you know but but when i raised my hand there i was the first one in the room after the presentation had finished but funny enough they didn't let me speak toward until towards the end you're about the 12th on cold wedding because yeah. i thought the strategy there for them was like okay let's not let this guy stir the pot here again you know very you know, very wise, to be honest. But I kept just raising my hand. I was like, uh, I I am I blind here? At some point, I even texted Ren. I was like, you know what they are doing, right? And and I, I you know, uh, even the microphone got passed to Gary Hedrington that didn't even raise his hand as, as much as, you know, silly me there trying to get people's attention. And uh, but, but it was kind of the, the whole manipulation, kind of leading the room to, to kind of stay quiet for a bit. You know, and then I would then speak um, my truth. But just, just to, sorry, just to jump back. So, can we outline, uh, outline the first meeting with ING? What, what was it? A couple of months ago, uh, when, when we voted against. To the RFL's credit, they saw that we had deep reservations about this proposal and, and what IMG were doing. So they, they did engage with us and they came down to the club and asked to, asked to meet with us. And it was a really good meeting. And they said, look, guys, have an open mind. We understand that you've got your concerns because, I mean, obviously what happened in the 90s to the Cougars is yeah, it, it, it hurt deep. And I've, I've explained before about how it, it basically broke my father's heart. So we saw it all happening again. So obviously we were very skeptical, but the RFL came down and, and we had a really good meeting with them. And we said, look, you know, to respect what you coming down and chatting with us about it and, and making the effort, we will go with an open mind. And we yeah. genuinely did go with an open mind. But I thought, look, we're all in agreement, Cowie and I, and I'm sure you, you guys, uh, Keith and David also, the sport needs reforming. I mean, it's, it's on its knees. It's a fantastic sport and it's not anywhere near where it should be. So, 100% Keith the Cougars and me and Cowie reform this sport, make it successful. But we weren't sure that was the right way to go. But the RFL said to us, look, guys, go along, open mind, listen to what they're saying. You might not be as disappointed as you think you're going to be. And we said, fine, okay, no problem. So that's, and we did. And we went there with an open mind um, and were quickly disappointed. Very much so. It was totally against everything that we believe. But, you know, I think, I think... Uh, we started expressing our concerns. So when I finally got the chance to then speak, 
you know, uh, uh, I think you guys had access to the whole presentation, you know, it's, it's put out there. And the whole uh, uh, scheme of things, how, how, you know, how someone achieves those 20 points, breaking down to, to 0 0.125. So, so when I got the chance, when I got the microphone, I said, I said, well, actually, you know, your presentation felt that I was at a NASA presentation or in some algebra class, because, you know, to, to, to try and explain this to fans that come and pay 15, 20 pounds in the turnstiles, that, oh, your club will get 0.125 for having a, a big screen in the stadium, you know, or 0.25. I was like, this is just not a sport, you know. You, I, I actually said, I said that my quote, was you made something very simple very much complicated that nobody will understand and i said and i think that's the intention here i said img no disrespect but i think your intention is to make it so complicated because then it gets passed through just like previous previous meeting you know the first meeting where people didn't understand where 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 we were with things and it get passed through and i actually you know i was the only one that voted against but then Batley abstained and Dewsbury, you know, I, and I came to Kevin uh, uh, on the rough Batley and said, said hold on, you, you kind of, you know, you you supported me in my argument saying, how can we vote if we don't know the, the rules? And I said, but you abstained. And he said, oh, because I, I don't understand. I, I don't know. I need to see more. And I said, I said, part of your strategy and let, let's let's be accurate, you know, correct here. Their area is marketing and they are doing very clever, you know, in a clever way of make people confused. You don't understand really. People will say this, people will say that, gets past it with the intentions that they want, you know, done. So so they're trying to do a bit of a magician's trick with smoke and mirrors. I and it sounds yeah. like the, that your experience there was that they came to see you. Obviously, they, they knew that you were going to oppose it. They've come to see you to almost get you on side and say, look, when you go in the room, just don't say nothing. Just listen. Let everybody speak. Let them get the points across. But when you did try and speak, they put a bit of a gagging order on you by not giving you your opportunity to speak until all the ones who were positive and in favor had spoken. Yes. Well, well, look, when the and, and we have a very good relationship with the RFL, you know, I think uh, I think we've always said that even despite the outcome of this, you know, we have obviously our opinion. And, and so uh, the other 35 clubs have their opinion and they, they have their reasons as much as we have ours. You know, when they came, it was it was trying to to. Gosh, gosh, uh, 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 like where we were in terms with what, what, why we oppose. And we said our concerns, you know, and, and th that's the, the request was like, please just come with an open mind and see, because it's good for progressive clubs like yourselves, you know, that this will help the sport. And actually we thought, we thought, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this will be, will be good for us, but it, it, it just contradicts I think, I think everything. For me, what's disappointing is, you know, we, we've we've come with fresh eyes to Keatley. We've, we've been away. I've been away from the sport twenty years. Cowie comes from a different continent, and we've come and we've seen the problems of the sport straight away. It's blindingly obvious to us. And you know, we've put our, done what we've done at Keatley. We've massively increased the crowds. We've done fantastic things on the field with the great team we've put together. Um, we've made it a really entertaining day. We've got national media exposure. We've had two full pages in the Guardian. You know, we've done really good things in League One right, in League One, with no away support. So we had a club that 
engage the RFL and we have a great relationship with them. Even now, even after all this drama, we still have a great relationship and we will ha- we will continue to do so. I respect them. They're doing their job. I just think the way they've gone with IMG is the wrong way to go. I think the proposals are the wrong way to go. I think IMG are coming in purely with the, the eyes on, on the money that they're going to get out of it. I don't think they understand this sport. This is a unique sport that is... It's a northern sport. It's USP. Is it's a town sport, right? It's not. It's not a city sport, and it's failed. And every single time they plonk it in a city, it fails. London Broncos. Let's be honest about it. It's they've been banging on that drum for the last thirty years. It's not succeeded. It's not worked. Newcastle. You know, we're good friends with Jordan up at Newcastle, and you know, I respect the amazing work he's doing, but Newcastle isn't embracing rugby league in the way that you think it would do as a big city. You know, Manchester yeah. hasn't got a team. Yeah, you, you know, you've got teams around Manchester, but there isn't a Manchester team. Rugby league's USP and success is it's a town sport. And towns in this country need something. They need, The communities in these towns need something. The shopping centres are dying. You know, there's high street. the, the high streets are dying. The, the, the local bowling alleys are closing. They've got a rugby league team there, and we should be absolutely saying, right, even to the government, who are doing all this levelling up and all the rest of it, say, actually, in these towns that are struggling, the one shining light in all of them, if the investment's put into them and the management is done right, is the one success in these towns. And when that succeeds, everything else builds from it. So Cougars, we do really well. We get a shop in this, you know, we haven't got one. I'm not saying we have, but the idea would be, we get into, let's say we get promoted to Super League, we get a shop in the town centre. That town centre suddenly has got footfall bus people are going buying tickets. You've got footfall, you've got more shops opening. You know, it it regenerates a town, as silly as it sounds. But instead of seeing that and seeing that this USP were a northern towns-based sport, embrace it and expand with that, instead they're saying, actually, we're embarrassed about that. That's, that's a weakness of this sport. We need to be glitzy and city-based and all the rest of it. That's that's soccer. You're never going to compete with soccer. Let's be honest about it. And if you, if you are trying to compete with soccer, you're always going to fail. And that is exactly from my point of view. And this is why I, I object to these IMG proposals. Is what they're trying to do. And they've tried to do it before. They tried it in, the, in 1995, 96 with Super League. They tried it with the licensing. It's failed. It's failed. And it's failed. And the sport has gone from when my dad took over in 1990 the Cougars. The sport was relatively stable. It was getting decent crowds. And it's gone like that. The more money that's been pumped into it, it's gone like that. And they're just doing the same things again. And one thing that that, that, that people sometimes get wrong, you know, in, in these arguments, and even in the room, when I addressed the room saying my, my expressing my opinion, you know, I said no disrespect to anyone in this room, you know, but but I'm going to upset a few, few things that I have to name because that's the harsh reality that we all know. Everybody, no, Nobody until you has, has spoken the truth to power. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! So we came in, we've talked before about him being the Brazilian, wears his heart and sleeve, he says it as it is, and he went in and he had the balls to say as it is. 
And and I said, I said, no, this, you know, I preempted because I knew this, you know, it was, it, you know, I said, I said, no disrespect. I said, but but the likes of London scholars, London Broncos, Cornwall, uh, uh, Midlands Hurricanes and Newcastle, I said, they have brought nothing to the table. I said, we as clubs here, we all know that when we play these teams, sadly, they don't bring away fans because they don't actually have the fans, the, the, their fan base is there. You know, we just came out from League One. Even though you get Cornwall to announce that they have a, a thousand fans, if you actually go to the ground, you have 300, 400 maximum, you know, that there are some some fabrication there. And people laughed actually when I said, I said, you know, if you, if, if IMG was actually doing their job, you know, when, when you go to the so-called expansion areas, you know, it, it's not what you, what you, what you get sold. And, and again, the point here that we try to make, and then people might, might mislead in thinking, oh, you're against expansion. I said, no, I said, I, I, I fully appreciate all the, the, the work that all these clubs are doing. And I think they will get bigger and bigger, but they are just not there yet. The, the, the expansion that I say that should be concentrated around the M62, you know, why don't we have a club in Harrogate that, you know, it's rugby orientated, rugby union, but, you know, there, there is an appetite there because when their season finishes, you know, what they're going to do, come to a rugby league, you know, so, so Blackpool should have, but no, RFL decided to plunk a team in Cornwall. You know, for us as a club, we had to spend 2500 on a bus to go down, you know, uh, uh, the country, basically. And then you have costs with hotel. The the, the whole trip cost thousands. cost us yeah. 5000 You know, and when you think, okay, what has this generated? You know, and again, we are in favor of expansion, perhaps create a division for, for the south of the country, you know, let, let London grow and say, okay, you're going to be a, a, a subdivision, you know, uh, not like conference, but, you know, create another division and let teams actually compete against themselves. And one of the things also that Ryan always said, you know, it's community-based. Even that, I don't think they grasp the identity of the sport because nobody considers themselves as, as London. What, what, what is London? We, you we, have nine million people there. We live in London, and I, you know, I, I'd never dream of going to a Broncos game. I don't. First of all, I don't know where to play. There's no marketing, and we identify in the little bit we live in. So, it, you know, if you live in Fulham, you live in Fulham. If you live in Chelsea, you live in Chelsea. If you live in Soho, you live in Soho. If you live in King's Cross, you live in King's Cross. You don't live in L London. Is just this great big amalgamation yeah, region, almost um, exactly. So you plonk a team in London. No one identifies with it. You know, look at look at soccer. Is there a team in the Premier League called London? Called London? No, there's Chelsea, there's Arsenal, there's West Ham, there's Tottenham, there's Spurs. You know, there's all these teams in London. They don't call themselves London. London, baby. Okay, because that's not going to get annoying. London, baby. London, baby. Oh, yeah. That's the stuff. Oh, what the hell is that? That's London, baby. Because they, 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 they are in their communities, and those communities are as tight as a place like Keithley, you know, and that's what they don't get about London, and they've, they've been trying to, to, to sell this dream forever, and even on uh, at the IMG meeting, again, they went on about London. London, the, the baby! guy from IMG was saying, oh, we've, we've done focus groups, we've done research, we've looked at the data, London is the future, London, London is the way to be and I, I, I And I honestly had to just have an exhalation of breath but i thought i cannot believe you've spent money on focus groups when all you have to do is just read a few newspaper articles going about 30 years
London has not worked and is not working. It'd be fantastic if it worked, but you've got to let it work itself. You can't just go and say, right, London, we're going to plonk you in a Super League. It's not going to work. It doesn't work like that. It's proved not to work. And they're just doing the same thing again. And, and even Newcastle, for example, you know, I, we do think that Jordan is doing an amazing work there up, uh, up in Newcastle, you know, but he's up against uh, football, you know, pre predominantly, you know, the, 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 the sport there is football. Again, yes, grow. And, and, and we are not against expansion. We are in favor. But perhaps there, again, do a few teams that they could compete in their own category there. One that base, you know, where, where you have a five or six teams, you know, get, get playing against each other, create the rivalry of, um, of suburbs. You know, that's when, when the, the game itself, the sport will benefit because it's growing. The so-called, we say, grow organically, you know, but the focus really, and like Ren says, one of the USPs of the sport is the M62. It, feel like, it feels that they, they are embarrassed by it. It's there, it's obvious. Anyone knows, all the crowds, you know, and again, I, I hate when people try to twist my own argument, Ren's argument, saying, you know, London doesn't work. We are, we are, I'm not saying, you know, never have a rugby league club in London, but do it. In the best way, you know, give them pump money there, create a five, sixteen, say, guys, you know, compete against yourselves, Cornwall. You know, there is a massive population there in, in that corner of the country. Again, let's do the same. Let's create a mini league for you guys. And and when you get to the stage that you have the fan base, then you come to League One and then you take the steps necessary. All this, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's the harsh reality. And, you know, even Jordan uh, from Newcastle addressed me saying, oh, look, we, we are trying, you know, obviously we are not in the same position as some well-established teams that have years and years. We, you know, we are trying to build. And fair enough. And, and that's not my point. I'm not making the point. You know, he is doing, and he said it himself, he said, look, it might take 15, 20 years for me to get where Keithley is. So, isn't that the answer itself? Maybe then in 15 years, allow Newcastle to be part of a championship and Super League but, if they but, get there. But the there. problem with these proposals are they're going to put put those teams up there because they're going to have they've got the catchment area, they've got the stadiums, you know. So immediately they've got points of, of more than we've got. So it just doesn't make sense to me. That one is unfair. You know, one of the so, so you guys have seen, right? That there are pillars there, and uh, the the catchment area is the fifth pillar, and uh, they they are going to consider population of this this club against how many teams do you have. So in London, you're going to have nine million population. Wow! And there is only two teams: London Scholars, London Broncos. So they are going to think, okay, the math tells me here that these two clubs can attract the four and a half million, and let's say we get one or five percent of that captive audience so they are going to have more than when then they get numbers of Keefley. we have a population of 97 but the surrounding areas you know you have uh, bradford you have dewsbury you have batley you know we are all close to each other so they are going to look and think oh 97 but if i divide by six teams that you have surrounding you so actually just gives you that the the 10 15 000 catchment so you can only get 15 out of the, those fans it's it's an event and that's when i today we posted on socials you know our tweet was how is it fair 
the Cornwall, London, West Midlands are going to get two points because of this catchment area. And Keighley and all the others around the M62 but will be graded the, perhaps 0.2. The crazy thing about catchment is the NRL, the most successful rugby league competition in the world, the majority of those teams are in Sydney. They're suburbs, yeah. they're suburbs of one city. One city. Now, under the IMG proposals, that wouldn't be allowed. Wouldn't be allowed. In their, in their terms, it wouldn't work. If you think about soccer, in Birmingham, you've got Wolverhampton, you've got Birmingham City, you've got Aston Villa, Manchester, Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Everton. You know, they're all close to each other. And that's why that sport works. Because rivalry. you've got this rivalry, this intense rivalry. Like we're going to have with Bradford, we're going to get thousands to our Bradford game. We play London Broncos. We're going to get just our fans. That's it. Nobody came. Yeah. Not literally. You know, we just played them. I just mean, last week. it's very sad to see. Obviously, when the when the um, the home fans go to the go to the their, the end where the the we're playing playing towards, and then the London end, there's two men stood there, and you're like, what's the yeah. point? You know, and that for me, this IMG is, and and they they were proud when they first did the presentation to say, this has never ever been done by any sport ever. And I thought, yes, because it's absolutely bloody crazy. You know, that's why it's not being done, because any other sport would say, well, this is mental. I mean, they're scoring you on whether you've got digital LED sponsors boards around the ground. Now, fabulous. They're very nice. They're great. I'd love, I'd love to have LED sponsors boards around the ground. It's going to cost us about four, £500,000. So how is a championship club ever going to afford that? They're not. Yeah. But, so we're going to lose points because we don't have – an LED board around the ground. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, we can win all the games, and they're going to say, "Sorry, guys, you haven't got your LED board, so nah, you're not coming in." Yeah. But London, you've got LED boards because you know you've you've got a nice stadium, got no one in it. But Keithley, you won. But yeah, we're going to put London up. It's got they've got the, these things. It's just for me. I'm, I'm like, this isn't a sport. How are fans going to understand this? So at the beginning of the season. We sit down and we, we work out we're going to beat White Team, we're going to beat X, Y, and Z, we're going to beat them. So, yeah, we think we might end up in fifth. Now you're going to have to have the biggest spreadsheet in the world to put in, well, we might get 0.125% because we've got an electric scoreboard. Oh, um, we might get half a percent because we've got um, a few more fans than Batley have got in our catchment area. I mean, it's, it's just not... To be honest, for me, it's taken the fun out of it. And the whole thing about sport, and and, and we talk generally about how you attract fans to the to, to the to the to the grounds, it's got to be a fun, entertaining experience. And if you are literally creating sport by spreadsheet, that's yes. not that's not fun. That's not do, entertaining. Do you really think fans will understand? You know, if we were giving a presentation, you know, and the the, the funny thing was, then Kevin from from Batley made a comment, a question actually. He said, "said so so hold on. If I want, if I win the million pound game, let's say just last year, if these were the rules already in place, let's say I won that one million pound game. So so." What happens? You, you're gonna let me have my points? Uh, do I go up, or because someone, maybe the second, actually the the the, the loser of that that team, let's say if it had been uh, Featherstone, if the loser has zero point one twenty five points because he has a LED, you know, uh, uh, hoardings there around the pitch, would he go up? And Matt said, uh, you know, th that's when I say that 
they made it so complicated that people don't understand, but people in the room started to realize. And he said, he said, yes, it would mean that they would go up the if they score more than you, even though you're the winner. The, lo- the loser would get promoted. So everyone I mean, in the room, you know, was like, and then even Kevin, so, so I said, oh, there is no point then in winning the game, actually. And then that's when they tried to, to, oh, no, there is, because, you know, if you had won, but you also invested in your facilities and you had the catchment area, then you would go. So do, do you see how uneven now the battlefield is yeah. there? But also this whole thing about <laughs> in, investing in facilities, which... 100% agree with, you know, we've been to some shocking little league rounds around the country. Absolutely. And we turn up and like, what the hell? How is this in any kind of semi-professional co- competition? It's, it's not. It's bad. Um, so 100% got to improve the facilities. But how are they expecting these teams in League One and Championship to fund these facilities? They're not offering any money. They're not, off, you know, they're saying to the clubs, guys, if you want to get category A or B, you've got to put your LED hoardings on, you've got to get a big screen, you've got to own your ground, you've got to have premier premier tenure or whatever they call it. Um, But how are they expecting it? I mean, every club would love that. We'd love a big screen. I'd love digital hoardings. But they're not telling us how we actually fund that. They're giving you problems and no solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 to be honest, and and that's when 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 people get us wrong when we vote against this these fundamentals that they are trying to propose. You know, they they might say, okay, you're just addressing the problems. You know, they are actually addressing the problems. That they, they, they know that they are not. Sorry, they are not addressing the problems. They are just saying, oh, if we do all this now, you know, they got this this charts and 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 data. And I actually I actually I I, I tricked the master by saying I said you 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 say in your speech that you're so data-driven. Me and Ryan, actually, before the meeting, we got all the statistics of the, the 2022 season for championship. The lowest attendance is amongst the two. So, so they had 28 rounds, 25 rounds of the competition where you had the lowest attendance was when Newcastle or London Broncos played. I said, so obviously what you're saying, it, it doesn't go with data. If you want to talk about data, you know, let, let's sit down and see data because I got those numbers. I spent, me and Ryan were like, okay, let's take the boxes here. Who got, you know, 15 games, the lowest attendance was uh, London and, and you know, the rest for for for, for Newcastle. That, and, and funny enough, when these two then, then confronted each other, when, when Newcastle played London Broncos in Newcastle, that was the, 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 the attendance of 395 attended that game. So, so you tell me that that's the solution, you know, and these two teams will actually score more than us and, and our average crowd. And one, again, uh, the pillars fandom. So, so the first pillar that was introduced, oh, increase your capacities. I, when I addressed the room, I said, I said, guys, you don't have to tell everyone in this room that we want to increase the, the crowd. You know, the money goes to our pocket. So obviously I want to get thousands of people more coming to Keithley Games. And that's a work that we do. You know, you might have the clubs that are just happy maintaining a, a mid-level table. You have that, you know, let, let's just be honest. They are happy, comfortable there. But, you know, you have the ones that do everything. Why we put a drag queen there in the field? Why we make it fun? You know, because we want to get... But I said there is 
there is a natural ceiling of the product that we are selling. Championship, just look statistically, you are only get, gonna get the maximum, you know, five, six thousand. You tell me any other team that got more than that. That is just the product itself is not interesting enough to, to break the barrier. So no matter if I put, you know, I might bring even Rihanna from the Super Bowl and put her there in the in the field. You know, I'm I'm You're still only, only gonna get six thousand people. Yeah. It, it, it is just a natural thing. And I think that's what they have to accept but, as well. But allowing us to 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 go to, to a, a better league, you know, where Super League is this better and final product of the sport, you know, you have then your TVs and then you're playing the Giants of Leeds, your Wigans. Do you think that then if Cliff Lee had gone to Super League, our crowds then will break the ceiling? Yeah. You know, you then are going to have 10, 11,000. Because you're playing interesting, more interesting, no disrespect to the teams in our competition, yeah. you know, uh, but it's just the rivalries there. Imagine everyone saying, oh, Leeds goes to Cougar Park uh, uh, on Sunday. You know, the masses will come and they will follow. So to stop us in a fair promotion system that you, UK, the first one in championship, they won that one million pound game. So they go up. It kills the sport. And that's our... You've, you've got to give opportunity. And if you take away the opportunity for us to ever get into Super League, which is basically what they're doing to clubs like us, they mean 100%, you've got no opportunity. So how can you ever how can you ever get those points on these multiple pillars they're talking about if they don't give the opportunity to earn them? And that's, for me, the fundamental problem. We need to get up to get bigger crowds to be able to afford to pay for our, for our digital hoardings. You know, if you, if yeah. you take that away, how does any team ever get it? Oh. If they're not there now, how do they ever get there? They're taking that opportunity away. Yeah, do you it think a chicken then, and egg situation. Sorry, Dave, come. Yeah, I was just thinking, do you think then it would be further if there was a waiting system? So uh, a crowd of 3,000 in the championship was equal to a crowd that's 6,000 in Super League. Because... Applying sort of a waiting system on the scoring because the, the, the to get three thousand in the championship is is like getting double that in Super League rather yeah. than just looking at the hard numbers. Yeah. So do you think it, to extend that sort of question? Uh, I, I I get the feeling you're against a scoring system, but assuming that it's going to be forced upon rugby league teams, do you think you could persuade or encourage them to consider? a further scoring system such as a waiting system or something like that? Um, I mean, fundamentally, it's complicated because the, the Rugby League already has rules about stadia, about, facility, you know, all that kind of stuff. The rules are there. The, you know, they're not making them from scratch. You know, you, to get to Super League, you've got to have minimum standards. So they're all, that's, all, that's all already there. The, the difficulty for me is if you, if you win the million-pound game, and you just happen to be in this new IMG system, half a point below someone else, they go up above you. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you, the winner of the million pound game, have got a terrible stadium. It doesn't mean you've got a bad catchment area. It just means that sadly, someone else's Migos has a, has a better following up. Why be better? <laughs> so how yeah. is that fair? As long as you meet the minimum criteria, and I, I totally get that, you can't have a team going up to Super League that plays on a, a paddock you know you cut that's obviously ridiculous but if you meet that minimum criteria you and you win that league you should go up no questions about that whatsoever you don't meet the criteria 
hundred percent. You say, "Sorry, guys, this is an elite competition. You're not you're not set up properly. You're not ready." I'm afraid. So you know, get your house in order. Maybe try and you know, we'll try and work with you to find you a decent stadium and all the rest of it. But at the moment, you're not ready. And I think everybody would accept that. That's fine. Um, yeah. But again, then we there's another issue which you know is an issue which people keep talking about is a yo-yoing. So full time, uh, Super League is full time. Championship isn't. To invest to get up there and stay up there, you need to have a full-time squad. Costs a lot of money. The problem in the championship at the moment, you can win the championship, but you ain't guaranteed to go up because it's, it's playoffs only. One place, playoff only. Why not do it like it is in League One, like it is in other sports, where you win that competition, you go up. Second, you go up if you win the playoffs. And if you do that, a team, for example, who is really going for it, let's just say Featherstone, this season, they they know they've got a good team. If they knew, if they get to number one, they're going to go up. That would, that owner is going to put more money into it, and he's going to he's going to get his facilities sorted out, and he's going to get more players. He's going to send them all full time, and he's going to say, right, we're going to take that risk, and we're going to go up, and we've got to stay up. And if you guarantee that promotion spot, that club would not yo-yo. The difficulty what they're doing is they're saying you can win it, but you you know if you you lose those playoffs, you're not going up. How would why would anybody, any owner, pump in potentially millions to guarantee that spot when it's not guaranteed? Because no, we, we, we had sorry, sorry um, yeah, but, but, but we, we we had um, Derek Beaumont on um, early last year when Lee before they got promoted to Super League, and he had to make that decision. And fortunately for him, he was in a position where he could earmark 1.7 million of a wage bill to put on a gamble that they yes. may or may not make it into Super League. And he said, the problem is, if I don't do that and I don't put that money in, we it's will just yo-yo. Because you can't play a team, play them championship money, because you're not going to draw the players in. You're not going to keep them. So you can't play championship money, go up into Super League, then try and recruit, because by the time you've done that, it's too late. Too late, yeah. yeah. It's reactive and not proactive. So he had to be proactive. Luckily enough for him, he was in a fortunate position where he had that 1.7 million. Not everybody has got that, have they? Yeah. And even so, it's big money, even if you've got it. No one wants to just throw away on the risk. You You want some... Uh, information and some credible risk to that. You, you know you're gonna. You know you're pumping some of your own money in, but you want to have a, at least a fair chance of yeah. getting that promotion. Or and, and, and especially for, for likes of of, of Keithley, where the, the scars are there and still fresh yeah. and raw, that it's happened to you. So it's not. It's not. Oh, it could be a possibility. It's we've been here twice before. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just just going back to to the nineties when my dad was there. They they spent. One point, their, their wage bill was 1.2 million in um, the championship in 1995, which wow. if, you, if you adjust it now, that well over 2 million. So, yeah. you know, they really went for it. And because the, their belief then was you get to the top, you get promoted. So they, they'd already prepared for that. They brought Phil Larger in, they brought Daryl Powell in as, as a standoff. They'd really gone for it. And um, But now you can't do that. And and like you said about Derek, Derek's in an amazing position that he he could take that risk and he wanted to take that risk. For other clubs, if you've got an owner who doesn't have the pockets as deep as Derek, you can still do it if you can bring the sponsors along with you. But the difficulty is your sponsors are businesses and business people will look at it and think, well, none of this is guaranteed. Yeah. I, I might give you 200 grand as a sponsorship, 
And you're telling me you could end up as number one, but then you've got to go through a playoff competition. Yeah. And like Featherston, you get beaten by Batley. Well, I'm sorry, it's too risky. Yeah. No, no, matter, no, matter, no matter how much of an investor you are, you, you've got an element where you are risk averse. So, so yeah. when when they 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 you know the 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 room then started the problem of these yo yo clubs right and fundamentally and systematically the system today you know when people say okay you Keithley, you just point the fingers but you don't give the the answers what on what you would do the system today fails all the clubs that go up because of this one one chance to to going up and you said Keithley, very well you know it's a gamble because the the opening the 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 season therefore for players the exchange you know it, it starts in may and even when we knew that okay we are going to full on uh, last season that we are going to be in championship because we knew either way that you know we had the first guaranteed uh, already you know automatic promotion or we had the second you know to guarantee in the playoffs that that's when you you kind of your gamble kind of sort of pays off you know someone that then Derek Bowman he 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 had to take a bet you know that gamble was was made in May when he was then already recruiting and thinking ahead of the time, you know, so so he put the money because even even if someone broke a leg, if one of his best players, you know, that he might have not got led to the automatic promotion, but he still was in contention for, for the second spot, you know, so it levels up the, the playing field that then... It, it, People say championship nowadays is a one team's uh, season because it's whoever starts the season with most money, whoever spends more in you know, or you you are backed by by a millionaire, you know, and no one sold. So you know, we are business people. You know, uh, uh, whoever has the deepest pockets in championship, that's who is gonna win. It it's very unlikely that that person that has the biggest spot of money is not gonna go up. But the problem is the thing you go down if you don't start recruiting earlier and that's the problem the solution would be make two go up to go down it would mm-hmm. allow teams to prepare and you know get that because also it would lead from super league those at the bottom you know those players might not be happy so actually the team here that is okay i'm gonna get my chance to go to super league they would start poking those players saying oh look we have a chance here because we are gonna go up either in the first guaranteed promotion or the second no i'm gonna get up so come to me so then you're exchanging basically uh, full-time players the quality players that you would say and it's it's so simple to understand but they they just don't address it so that's when it it really frustrated me actually at the img meeting yesterday so when kelly uh, did his 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 uh talking in the meeting and and explaining why he (laughs) objected and he brought out his his reasoning of why the sport is failing which is this fake expansion with it which they keep focusing on um and the response from my ng to Cowie was, "Oh well, you've obviously just given up on the sport." Now that annoyed me because it, that implied it's either IMG's proposal or you've given up on the sport. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Now that's absolutely the total opposite to how what, how we think. We we've come into this sport. To try and make it succeed, we tried to make Keithley Cougar succeed. But fundamentally, Keithley Cougar succeeds if the sport succeeds. Okay. And 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 for for, the, for IMG to say to Cal, you've given up on the sport after we've owned a club for what three and a half years, and in that period we've tripled our crowds and we've got promoted in the season. We, we've gone unbeaten. We've got international uh, international media for 
LGBTQ+. First of all, I found it insulting because... Mm. The, the, it's nothing to do with that. It, it, was yeah. just, it was just arrogant. But also, we believe, we believe in the reform of the sport in a different way. We don't believe in this grading and this scientific way of doing it and this data robotic learning or whatever they're doing i mean the presentation was for me it was insane it was it was so complicated you literally if you were sat in a aero physics lecture at oxford would be more easy to understand than some of the stuff they were talking about so 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 for me the way to, to sort this sport out first of all two up two down guaranteed season in season out in all leagues and when I say that, I also mean from League One into Conference. I think there needs there needs to be competition at the, at the top of Conference, and competition at the bottom of League One, and that makes it exciting. I mean, you've got you're going to have your lock lanes, you're going to have your Thato Heaths. Thinking actually, we can go into League One here, guys. They've got yeah. no, they've got no, they've got no chance. The, the, you know, West they'd be they'd they'd be the West Wales of League One from last season, but they haven't got the opportunity. Now, for me, that's fundamental. It's pretty basic. It's sport. It's about jeopardy. It's about competition. Number one, that's what I would do. Number two, the biggest mistake this sport has made, and the reason why it is dying, is because it 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 went for that check in 1995 from Sky Sports, and it became addicted to it, and it corrupted the entire sport, and it perverted it, and it caused it caused inflation in the wrong areas in the sport. All that money was wasted. It wasn't put into facilities for most of the clubs. It wasn't put into good business practices. It was just flitted away. Hundreds of millions of pounds have been flitted away. So I would say, guys, you've got to get off this drip that you're on, which is sky money. It's it's literally it's it's a donation and it's not real. You need you know, Sky are obviously gonna I assume, uh, I hope I mean, who knows, but I, I expect that they're gonna reduce their they uh, spend into the sport, yeah. um, so yeah. it's it's already go it's already going down. So I think yeah. for me, if I was not IMG, but I think IMG are the wrong partners fundamentally. Uh, if I was the RFL, I would say right. How do we expand this sport? The way to expand it is to make it into a national sport, not in terms of having teams in the Super League Championship around the country. I mean, in terms of eyeballs. And the eyeballs are on the TV screen. I would go to the BBC and I'd say, guys, you're struggling to get rights for soccer because it's become too expensive and all the rest of it. We will give you our sport for free, right? You you put us on every Sunday on BBC One or BBC Two. Don't pay us a penny piece. And you are going to get eyeballs all around the country. People are going to start talking about rugby league. The sponsors of the clubs are going to say, wow, you're on BBC next on Sunday. I want a board. I want to be on the shirt. The sponsorship is going to go through the roof. People are going to start wanting to watch rugby league. Then Keatsley saying, oh, we're on BBC next weekend. You're going to get a massive full house crowd. The sport starts to rise. And that, for me, is how you solve this problem of rugby league being on its knees and getting off its knees and getting back to where it should be. And everything that IMG are talking about, which is again, paywall TV, hide it behind a paywall so we can get a few quid for the clubs, which they're going to throw is just not the answer. And they've done it. It's all happened before and it's all happening again. Yeah. So I'm going to take you back to something that you said a touch earlier there, uh, Ryan, and they said to you that if you don't agree with the sort of proposals and stuff, you're not bothered about the sport. So as devil's advocate, how long are IMG in this for? What's their tenure? So IMG have got to sign a 12-year contract. Right. Which, personally, I would never sign a 12-year contract with anybody. 
because you're getting into bed with someone that you can't get out of bed with. I, I, I hope to God the RFL have got break clauses. I suspect probably they haven't. Um, basically, IMG have come in. They're, in a, they're, they're a massive organization. They're American yeah. based and all the rest of it. And they've come along with their stardust and they've spellbound the RFL. And now I mean, they've, they've, they've turned the UFC. They've turned ping pong in China. You know, they've done massive things done in certain sports. Absolutely, 100%. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they can do it for every sport. And this and rugby league is a very specific, traditional, and, and that's the key for me. Yeah. It's a traditional sport which has got very deep roots. Mm-hmm. And you get, you get a company coming in from America who think they can immediately just change it and make millions of pounds. It's not that simple. It, 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 actually, it is that simple, yeah. but not simple the way that they look at it, which is they're looking at it from a totally different prism. Um, now, that. From my understanding, they're not they're not getting paid; they're commission based. So all they're focused on is broadcasting rights. So, and this is fundamentally where I see it going. They want to create this grading system. Well, they've already said they want to create it. They want to get a nucleus of grade A clubs to the point where they say, right, it's shop full, it's full, right? So shop closed. We've now got an elite league, Super League, or whatever they're going to, I think they're probably going to rename it, but let's just call it Super League. Super League, all the rest of you, you're out, sorry, grade B, irrelevant now. Tara, you stay there. We're going to now hoard all the money to ourselves, and we're just going to have a competition with no promotion, no relegation, and they will then walk away with their commission from whatever broadcasting deal they do, and that's the end of it. And all the, all the rest of the, the teams, which will include ours and will include Batley and will include um, Witness and Featherstone and all the rest of us, will just be cast adrift and eventually just whittle away and die. And they don't care about that. They're not incentivized to help those clubs. They're incentivized to create this elite core. And that, what we saw at the meeting in Huddersfield was a start of that process. And unfortunately, they've hoodwinked a lot of a lot of club owners and directors who are going to be victims and are going to be literally thrown to the wolves. But they don't see that because at the moment, they're starstruck and they're also fundamentally greedy. Mm. I mean, I... I and there's one thing about rugby league is a lot of self-interest. And for us, this isn't actually about self-interest. I, I'm quite happy if Keith Cougars never get to the Super League. I'd love us to get there. If it doesn't happen, we, I, we'll have a fantastic time in championship. But I just hate injustice. Maybe it comes from our background being, 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 gay. being gay. And I just yeah. don't, I don't like the big guys bullying the little guys. And that is how I see it. And is that how it feels? It, it yeah. does. It does feel yeah. like that, and you know, it's it's not self interest. It genuinely is not self interest. It is about the sport, and I can see how this this sport is the best sport for me in the world, for Cowie in the world, for you guys in the world. That's why we all love it and watch it. And it's so easy to make it succeed, and it's not rocket science. And sadly, they've made it into rocket science. You know, when you were in the meeting, so you sat down, you're in the meeting, they're doing the presentations. You said you've come with an open mind after the previous meeting with the RFL, and um, so you, you gave it the respect that you, it deserved. At which point are you watching the presentation or in that meeting and looking around the room? Do you start to think, right, I've come with an open mind, but this really isn't right? Was there a, was there a specific point that it dawned on you? Was that in the first five minutes? or, or- First slide. The guys show the first slide being fandom, you know, uh, that you're going to be, 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 uh, you're going to be, 
scored on your attendances for the, the last uh, three years. So hold on, us. We are here, uh, let's say even a club in League One. Let's pretend we didn't go up to championship now. Like I said, the ceiling, the natural ceiling of our product will not allow me to have more than 2,000 people. You know, so how that score of me being at a lower division of 2,000 and then they compare, uh, uh, you know, someone in, in Super League that gets 10. So I'm, I am in at this level here that... that I'll never achieve. But if the doors are there open, that then I work, I pump money into it because, you know, makes it exciting. The the, the sponsors, Ryan, what Randon said, imagine if we had sponsors, you know, that will sell the dream. Look, we are going to have a, a, the best team here to go to Super League and then your brand is going to be on TV. They will pump money into you. But imagine me going to sponsors and saying, actually, the, the shop is now closed. So championship now, it's just uh, we'll win this championship. We stay here. Uh, so, so you know, we as, as, as club owners, you know, you think, OK, are you going to get a good squad? Because it doesn't matter, really. If you win, you're going to stay here. If you finish middle table, you're going to stay here. Perhaps even if you lose, like in Super League, this, this protections there. What is the point, you know, in anyone wanting to be better than the other one? The drive that you have by 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 by, by competition is not there because you're all the same, aren't you? It's just like a tap in your back saying, oh, well done, Kifli, you won championship, reset next year. Okay, you're playing the same teams. What becomes the point of the sport? And like Ryan said, that's when it will die. The fans will go away because they think, oh, you know, we won championship. That's it. You know, madden your chest, the players, a clap, and that's it. I mean, I've got to be honest. When I was when I sat there listening to the presentation, this this sport and this club for us is has taken over over our entire lives. So yeah. it's passionate. We love it, hundred percent love it. And I, I sat there listening to the presentation, and I felt it, it was the first time I felt deflated, and I thought. I don't know if I can continue doing this. And that's me, someone so heavily involved and invested and passionate. How's a fan gonna how's a Keatley fan gonna feel? How's a Batley fan gonna feel? How's a witness fan gonna feel? You know, if I if I sat there feeling that and thought I I I am I think I'm wind out of you. Yeah, and obviously yeah. then then it was all over and then you know you get back on the horse and you carry on again. But yeah. I, I genuinely felt that and I thought this is this what I am feeling is sudden. If this goes ahead, it's going to spread over the entire sport. And again, what happened in '95 and what happened with licensing when those crowds start to go down because it's been mismanaged and the fans don't like it, this is going to happen again and it's going to take another step down. And then, you know, just looking at the the you know, their, their scores, you know. Uh, so imagine you winning the competition, but then at the end of the competition, you literally have to get your scorecards there and here, stadium, you know, you can get a maximum of uh, three points. One, one, one point five for your facilities. So, you know, is it good enough? Then you get another point for utilization. So probably are you doing events in the crowd? 0 0.25, primacy of tenure. So, so are you the owner of that ground? 0.120. Do you see when it becomes mm. pathetic? But also, how are they how are they grading this? I mean, who where's the benchmark? Do they have a benchmark, or are they, or are they looking at a Leeds Rhinos who've got this fabulous stadium at Headingley and saying, right, that that's the benchmark, guys. So, 
how how is a club in championship or even in league one you know like a club that's trying to go place like rochdale or doncaster how are they ever going to get up to that benchmark because they're a million miles off and they've got no opportunity to get there because because they're already down there they haven't got the grade so they can never actually get up there i mean it's for me it's silly limiting yeah limiting limiting system And then the thing, that's when I even said, I said, you, you guys are so clever here being ingenious, you know, in, in, in doing this so complicated and allowing actually, uh, uh, no, I said, I said, uh, you, you're not using the, ter- the actual terms here, that there will be no promotion and relegation. Once uh, you, you have those 12 uh, clubs that are given category A, you know, they say that they reassess every year. That's the, the fake promise. And then, because I said, I said, you are being very clever in not saying the words, no promotion, no relegation. So you don't have the backlash of the clubs. You don't have the backlash of the media. Look what happened just last year when the soccer, the European soccer tried to create that elitist group. You know, it got talked in Parliament. Almost every member of this house, I suspect, I was appalled by the announcement made late last night that a handful of clubs are proposing to form their own breakaway European League. These six clubs announced this decision without any consultation with football authorities or with government. Worst of all, they did it without any dialogue whatsoever with their own fans. First of all, uh, I've just got to say the European Super League, this is like a bad smell that you can't get rid of. Uh, that we don't uh, support it and uh, support the creation of this European Super League. I think it's uh, not in the interests of, uh, of fans, it's not in the interests of, of football. How can it be right to have a situation in which you create a kind of uh, cartel that stops uh, clubs competing against each other, playing against each other properly, uh, with all the, the hope and excitement that gives to, uh, to fans up and down the country. I think well, the reaction to it is that it's been damned, and rightly so. Um, I mean, I'm a Manchester United fan and have been for 40 years of my life, but I'm disgusted, absolutely disgusted. Everybody boycotted because it's, you know, yeah. the principles there of competitiveness competitiveness you know were not there you know was a cartel of the top ones protecting themselves and you know and even that move in being clever saying oh category a is only for existing clubs you know but, but next year we'll review and give a few more category a's because again being very slowly rather than saying okay look the 12 here are the 12 currently in super league because you know they have the your led lights and and this and that you know but they are doing clever and i i, I praise them for that i said you're being very manipulative here because you're just a drop drip, drip drip feeding you know things so it doesn't look what it is that you are doing i mean how, how can a club who gets category a ever lose it they can't the, um, the I'm not sure, you know, because I think Wigan are going to be in trouble because they don't own their own ground. I looked at the crowds that they had last night at the game, which was abysmal, really, for Wigan versus Catalan. So, you know, and our Super League or any elite sport league, whatever it's going to be called, prepared to lose a historical club like Wigan from the top flight ranks. They'll manipulate the scores, obviously, you know. You know, oh, this one actually, oh, this one, uh, it scored zero points. They've got great, they've got great hot dogs, so they get an extra four bonus points. Yeah, that's the level we're at, literally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and for me, it's just, it's just not fun. 
and if it's not fun, it's not sport. And it's if it's not fun, it's not sport. Why are people going to come and watch it? They're not. And again, you tapped there, Keith, uh, in an area that when I was discussing, you know, the, the expansions. I am all, we are in, in favor of expansion, but what have the, the French teams brushed to the table? Like you just said there, probably Wigan had a, a low crowd, you know, because nobody's going to catch a plane to either go to France and spend the 400, 500 pounds to support your team. So you only have the French, the French play uh, supporters, they are supporting, you know, Toulouse and Catalans. But then the same goes around. When uh, I, Do you think that someone in France is going to, you know, get on a plane to come to to Wigan or to let's say Kifley, we were in the Super League. There is no movement there, you know. And the, the, again, I think that the the because I I, I love that the, the 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 guys from IMG said, oh no, we got all this data. Look at the data. The Challenge Cup, the the final of the Challenge Cup, where you had the Catalans in that year. Don't quote me on that, but you know that there was a time there. Yeah, a few years ago, yeah. it was the lowest attendance recorded. And people ask, oh, why? Look at the obvious. You know, you have a French team that will not bring crowds, you know, and but let's, hey, ho, let's have two teams in France. Yeah, but on, and on the other spin as well, when our teams go over there, they have to cover the logos up because of the advertising rights in France and we can't advertise. So... You know, they're putting a, a monitorium on us and saying, yeah. well, you can't do this and you can't do that as well. But yet we want to invite them in as an expansion. Yeah. And like you say, that money for you as a team to fly to France, you know, as a Super League club, it's probably 20 grand, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. To take your team out there and then you go a day before because of a slight acclimatization. because if you go on the day, you know. Oh, you're going to lose. You know, as as much as as it is, I've, I've we, me and Dave have both, you know, we played away at Hull and travel on a coach for four hours, and that just knackers you out. You know, you you're pretty much sodden before you, before you get on the pitch. You know, and um, so yeah, I I don't see that. Why, why not keep it like you said as a corridor or or more expansion teams down here, expanding to Cumbria. There's some great talent in Cumbria and teams yeah. that we could have there. You know. Yeah, um, there's an identity with rugby league. You yeah. touched upon it earlier. There's a real identity in those communities, and there's a big risk with with the push for city teams, maybe outside the traditional areas, which don't have that identity, the links to the community, the history. That's uh, I think you said Ryan about the deep roots in, in many of these places. Yeah, and therefore that risk is there that it may do, even if it did well for one year, it could easily be forgotten the year after because there's no roots there where Keithley has withstood over 100 years of, of some very good times and very, some very difficult times, but it's still here and it's still doing very well. Yeah. I mean, the problem is they've taken they've taken the traditional team, the Heartland teams, the M62 corridor teams, for granted. They've left them. Say, oh, we're a bit embarrassed by you. You, you know, you little towns, and we we want this glamour of London and France and Canada and all the rest of it. And in, if they just focused on the core and improved it with all this money they've had over the years that they've wasted, if they just improve that. It would then slowly spread because it's successful. You've got to make your core successful. You can't have a weak core which you're embarrassed about and say, "I know what the solution is. Let's just forget about them." You know, we're a bit embarrassed. Let's get these glamorous clubs out here 
which end up failing. And then ultimately, they come back to the core, still embarrassed and saying, oh, we're now going to put another rule on you. When we, you know, it, it, That's what they've done time and time again. Actually, be proud of what we've got and invest in what we've got and then expand organically. That, for me, is the answer. I mean, the number one thing, for, we've talked about um, what I think should be in terms of broadcasting, it should be free to wear. The sport shouldn't, at this stage, be asking money for it, but I don't think it deserves it. To be honest, and I think that's the embarrassing thing about going to Sky every contract renewal and begging them for more money, and every year Sky gives a kick and gives less money to the point where it's going to end up at zero. Just we should sit down now and say the sport does not deserve to be paid millions for broadcast. We need the broadcaster more than they need us. Let's give it to them for free. Let the nation look at it. But on top of that, the RFL and Super League or whatever they're calling our RL commercial, this hybrid, they need to market the sport. You know, yeah. I, I was astonished. They don't have a TikTok channel. You know, everything is about TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Facebook is dying. Twitter is full of trolls. It's all about video and it's all about that kind of engagement. Rugby League doesn't have a TikTok channel. So, you know, do they have a marketing department? They have a media department. And I know Andy Wilson, who runs it, is very competent and very good at his job. But that's very different to marketing. And they don't have one. Most people in the RFL won't be on TikTok, so therefore they won't deem it as any benefit <laughs> to that's, them. But that's, well nice. is. that's yeah. where it is. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you know, we we, we, we just see it's simple in, in America, you know, the success of getting a big name celebrity. What Rihanna did for the Super Bowl and everybody, you know, even across the continent, we are here talking about the Super Bowl, you know, interval show that uh, it was being held by Rihanna. The previous year was Beyonce, Madonna. And, you know, there was that. It becomes bigger than the event almost. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, people were actually watching and tuning in, but it, it's good. It's yeah. good because, you know, you're having then people coming to your grounds to watch. Why not make, uh, you know, the final of the Super, uh, Super League, you know, the final of even the Challenge Cup, you know, we have a good product. Why, why, why not put that one? It's, it's so basic and so simple that I said you have made something so simple, so complicated. Yeah. You know, get a a, a a a level artist. Say this year, everybody then starts talking. We're gonna have, uh, you know, who, who is a, a famous get the Foo Fighters on. Yeah, yeah, put it there. You know, people will start talking, saying, oh, my God, let's buy the, the Challenge Cup. And then the Challenge Cup starts circulating in everyone's ears and saying, like, oh, what is this? Oh, then, you know, people will come to, to, your, to your ground to watch the match because, you know, they want to, to fall. It's, it's so mm. easy. It's marketing, entertainment, give people a good day out. Yeah. Don't, don't start grading you 0.1% because you haven't got a big screen. I mean, it's just... Yeah. And on, 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 on the hoarding as well, you know, the advertisement boards, would, would IMG have a say in that or what you can put on there? Who knows? Uh, I don't know. Who knows? don't know. <laughs> if, they're, if, if, they're, if they're a marketing company and, and they're pushing heavily on the advertising boards, I'm pretty sure that there's a hidden agenda <laughs> yeah. there. But, but you see, what, what worries me is that IMG have basically been given the sport. IMG are... They own help us, help us. Yeah. Yeah. No one, no one's realised that. You know, the sport has been sold for free to IMG at the moment. That's how I see it. Um, the management of the RFL are basically just subordinates to IMG, and nobody's agreed to this. But it's happened 
on the sly, on the quiet, and these guys are now running the sport. So rugby league has been cuckolded. Yeah. I think I, that's Basically. how I think. That's yeah. what I think, and it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not a fool. I, I I do believe that this is going to get voted in because I think there's a lot of self interest and a lot of people who fully, don't fully understand it. I do think it's going to get voted in. We, we'll fight against it um, because we fundamentally, not from a Keithley point of view, from a rugby league point of view, don't agree with it. But yeah. if it gets voted in, you know, we've got to then live under that regime we've got to live with it we've got to be realist about it but i fully expect it not to work and i fully expect in five ten years time we're going to be back to the same place again and having spent tons of money lost a lot of probably clubs fans fans yeah and it's sad it's sad because this is such a good sport and it's so sad that time and time and time again i'll ask you a question then Without the sentiment that you've got, as as a business, would you still be invested? Take the sentiment away. Less so, mm. certainly. Um, because I said to you earlier about, I, I, I did feel quite flat, flattened when I was sitting in that meeting. And, you know, if if you if you can't get to where you want to get to, why would you go that extra mile? And yeah. we've gone the extra miles since we t- since we took over in, in League One. You know, we spent way more than we should have done. You know, we've worked way more, way way harder than we should have done. It's taken up a lot of our time. If we just all we can do is get a medal at the end of it in Championship, would, would I want to do that all again? Yes, if we could, if there was Super League, you know, there's that that that's fabulous. Yeah, that's the ultimate. But yeah. if we can never get to the ultimate. Why would we go that extra mile? It's the ambition. If you kill the ambition, what is the point? You know, us waking up every day, you know, you want to work hard to to pay your your mortgage, to to buy a car, to go traveling. There is, you always have to have the desire to to get something. Strive for something. Yeah. 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 uh, Even... Even actually removing this drive, so the the so-called protected. Let's say that you get there, the Super League. You're gonna have those twelve clubs that are, you know are protected regardless. One of them might actually think, think actually, I'm gonna sit here, my ass. You know, I, I'm getting 1.7 million from Sky, anyways, regardless of if I win or not. But but instead of actually spending the the money in the squad, you know, let let's take easy this year. Let's just spend 200,000 on, on the squad. You know, we're gonna lose, but I'm gonna profit 1.5 million, and so be it. Next season, maybe then, you know, I'll, I'll spend the money. Even the killing that that. That drive there, you know, if it's it's protected of a, of regardless if you finish bottom, there is no danger for you. Some, some of these clubs might think, well, you know, let, let me keep a, at least half. Let's say they keep a, you know, uh, six hundred fifty thousand, no, uh, eight hundred fifty thousand. You know, the other eight hundred fifty thousand, then you spend on the team. But hey, oh, you know, yeah, get a license, be a super league, you're protected, and you're profiting eight hundred fifty thousand, and spend the rest in the squad because only twenty five percent is performance. So if you've got seventy five percent on the other stuff, you've got a de- you own your stadium, you've got your LED, LED lights. lights, you have social you, you, media, you, you've got your catchment area whilst you're in London. Good hot dogs, mm. 
Yeah. 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 Category there. And you've got a crap team. Well, it's fine. Your crap yeah. team doesn't matter. It's only 25%. Yeah. It feels disproportionate, the scoring. Yeah. 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 I think um, from what you've said, it's likely to be voted in. But in terms of a challenge, it feels to me um, people opposed to it would have more success trying to change those percentages and the scoring system than trying to not get it voted in. It feels as though it's here and it's going to be it's going to be pushed through yeah. some way. Yeah. And, and, and it seems like the masses are saying yes to it because they want in. Yeah, mm. yes, that's right. Yeah. And fundamentally, there's a lot in there that we do agree with. Yeah. We do. We, you know, stadium needs to improve. You know, mm. finances of clubs needs to improve. Catchment areas are important. You know, there are things that... Uh, a lot of it we agree with. We just yeah. don't agree with the way it's being implemented in the way it's being implemented. And that's yeah. why when, when I come back to this whole thing about minimum standards, just the minimum standard rules are there. Just make them better, make them a bit stricter and help clubs to get there. Now, there's no help from IMG for clubs to get there. It's just you've got to get there or you're out. You know, the rugby league, they should say, right, guys, these are the minimum standards. And I've, I, I've said this before to the RFL. The RFL should have within their organisation a department that helps clubs write bids and work with Sport England and the National Lottery and all these things to get grants for Stadia because it's all left to the clubs. Now, if you're a small club, you haven't got the resources to employ a bid writer and you know do the research on how to get a grant for this, that and the other. The RFL can do that and they can second these people out to the, to the clubs and say, yeah. you know, let's just say, for example, there's a club in Dartmouth and have got a rubbish stadium, but they're doing really well. And the RFL goes to them and says, actually, guys, you need a better stadium. So we're going to second our bid writer. They're going to write you bids to Sport England, National Lottery, all these funders, and they'll do the best to get you a good stadium. That's what should be happening. The, yeah. the centre should be helping ev- helping the clubs. What this proposal is, isn't that. It's not helping the clubs. It's saying to the clubs, you either do it yourself with no money, and then you might be able to pass our criteria, which we're really strict about and make, make it almost impossible, or you're out. And that, for me, is wrong. Yeah. Like so, it shall, so it shall be written, so it shall be done. Yeah. 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 I really like that idea of centralising. Um, if every single club had to employ a bid writer, that's obviously going to be far more expensive than the RFL employing two or three and then sending them to work with the clubs. And I guess that's just bid writing. There must be other things that could be centralised to improve the whole sport and support all the clubs rather I did a, than just leaving it to them. I did a, a presentation to the RFL back in um, in COVID, wasn't it, when yeah. this whole IMG thing was starting to be muted. And I, I sat down and thought about these things. And that was one of the things I came up with was this central support for clubs in terms of bid writing to improve their stadia. Because fundamentally, the clubs can't afford to do it themselves. You know, they need outside funding to help them. And to access that is, is a specialism. And it's once you once you understand that system and you understand the rules, it's not that difficult for, for, for that to be implemented and obtained by the clubs. My second thing was I wanted to create incubator leagues. So, and this is where the whole thing about expansion that Kai was talking about earlier, I would create incubator leagues in certain areas so say, for example, Cornwall, right? So it's a new expansion area. You create an incubator in that area of a certain radius and the RFL put in charge of that area a specialist you know, growth 
director who, who who in turn pulls marketing resources from the center and there is a certain allocation of sky money which is put into that incubator which is then distributed but with strings attached to every single club and it's then they're forced to grow themselves instead of just giving them money saying carry on guys crack on you know you've got a license you're in league one you, you know do what you want create an incubator and you do that all around the country and then suddenly your expansion starts to work because you're going to get not all incubators are going to work, but one might, and you might get a club in, I don't know, Leicester because the the Leicester or East Midlands uh, based incubator has actually really succeeded because it marketed itself. It's got, I suggested giving each incubator about 300 grand and you, you know, you get a couple of clubs coming up there with really good support, good community support, good council support, all the rest of it. And suddenly you can say, actually, Apply for a license because you've, you've proved yourself. And they're the kind of things that should be happening. And that's why I disagree with this stuff, because this is, this is top-heavy, it's elitist. You, you've got to be much more specific and much more focused on growing the game from the bottom up, not from the top down. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've certainly given me a lot more to think about um, since listening to you. You've opened my eyes to a lot of things. Uh, some some bits I kind of understood, but you've described it very, very well and put a very strong case forward. So uh really appreciate you sharing those. And I'm sure people who listen who may have had certain thoughts after listening to you will see it differently. And uh, where they end up on that spectrum, I don't know. Um, I still see some merits in it, but like you mentioned before, Ryan, around the minimum standards that exist already, um, I'm sort of favouring at this current time more of a, a shift with that rather than a complete change that we've seen here. So, yeah, there's a lot to uh, process and think about. And, uh, yeah, it certainly feels disproportionate from what you say, but thank you very much for sharing those thoughts. Really? Thank you for giving us the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a stressful time, to be honest. I mean, you know, we've we stuck our necks out and we're getting a, a bit of stick. We're getting a a good bit of support but you know at the end of the day we believe in what 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 we believe in and you know i think i do think a lot of it comes from our background which Kelly said earlier which is you know fighting as, as a bit of a minority and yeah you know we've succeeded in in our own personal lives in that way we feel very confident in the people we are and now we've come into this club and i think maybe you know we we're seeing that um that kind of thing happening again and you know we will fight for minorities against people who are trying to press you. And I think that that's how we feel about this, this current proposal. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it shines through when you talk, it really shines through and uh, we've been really impressed and uh, thrilled to have you on the show. It's uh, It's been a privilege listening to you guys. Really. Well, has. Thank it's you. It's been an honour to be on. Thank you very yeah. much. And a pleasure talking. I love talking. <laughs> I love talking. <laughs> So thanks for joining us on this week's rugby show. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to Ryan. Thank you to Cowie. And uh, it's been a pleasure, like you say, an eye-opener. Lots of food for thought. We'd love to hear your comments. Bang them in the comments section on the YouTube channel. And if you've got any questions for Ryan or Cowie, please put them in there as well. We'll get them to them or they'll come on and, and respond to it as well. Um, guys, it won't be the last time that we see you. I'm pretty sure that we'll get together again soon. But thanks for your time. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you. Don't forget, after tonight's show, 
Leave your views in our comments section. We'd love to hear from you. The Dockhouse Rugby Show is proud to support the Teardrops Homeless Charity. Teardrops, supporting your community. Oh, <laughs>